creatures. Indeed. Then I grant it. Thank you. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. This, we're talking about Doctor Who. This is episode 46. So please check out all of our other episodes of, of that we discussed Doctor Who. Um, my name is Ken. Jeff. Julia. And we're talking about uh, an episode that aired on June 10th. And it was written by Mark Gatiss. And this was called Empress of Mars, which see the return of the Ice Warriors in all their glory. And Alpha Centauri. Ah, uh, yes. Alpha Centauri, which... Uh, Julia, do you know who Alpha Centauri is? I have no idea. Okay. That eyeball that we see at the end of the episode, that's Alpha Centauri. That was a character that was in an earlier episode. But we'll get back... We'll get to him in a, in a while. Her. Her, him, what, her. Really? How can you tell? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a bit. Yeah. And they did, well, Joe Grant and the doctor discuss that, don't they? I think Whether so. Whether or not it's a he or she. Um, anyhow, that's not important. <laughs> What's important is the Empress of Mars. So what do people think of this one? I liked it. It was okay. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, I thought it was okay. I, I didn't... There was nothing that... Unlike the first few episodes of this season, this is very simple, focused, but for some reason this just didn't... I don't feel this is as any good as any of the other ones from the earlier on in the season. It didn't do anything horrible. It just... I do have some questions and some inconsistencies, but I, I was a little underwhelmed with it. So. Yeah, me too. Okay. I was hoping this would be a good Ice Warrior episode because I know Julia says she's not impressed with the Ice Warriors, and this certainly didn't help that cause. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was towards you know the end of their reign of terror where they end up joining you know what where we where we see them in the Peladon stories where they're part of the uh, that alliance. This yeah. is where they. Well, I mean to be fair, I've only seen the Ice Warrior episode. Uh, it was a Matt Smith and Clara episode. Mm -hmm. So, oh, we'll rectify that, that in the summer. <laughs> well, this story links into a few other ep episodes, but it, I don't think it's vital. It's they threw that in at the end just to kind of go, ha ha! Look at the fans are going to go look. Uh, but it really had nothing to do with it. Um, but I guess it did because they were it was in it. But so. Mm. Um, I thought the imagery of the the whole thing of like them going to NASA and seeing the um, the cliffhanger that goes into the d episode, I, I think the lead-in was dumb. It, it's a <laughs> it's a visual thing that people are going to go. It's similar to like the dinosaur in London or something. It's just like a shock value. Like, wait a minute, how can that be on there? You know? Oh, oh, the God Save the Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that. That was dumb. Yeah. But. Um, we can't all agree, because otherwise it's a boring podcast. <laughs> oh, so, uh, <laughs> See, I was about ready to say something, and that would make it worse for other things going on. But So, um, this episode was very claustrophobic. It only took place, like, in a cave. 
Uh, I love the scenes where they were on the surface of Mars, and I thought it would have been really cool mm -hmm. to see the Ice Warriors walking around on the surface of Mars. Maybe they can't because it's a dead planet. Yeah, it's probably too warm now for them. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, they were trying to do that whole command thing where the guy was a traitor and he was the, really a good commander and blah, blah, blah. I, I just was half into that. I didn't think well, they've done they've done that before, even during classic Trek, uh, not Trek, but classic who, where you always have the one commander and the psycho second in command, and it's it's been done better yeah. in other stories than this one, but it was it was you know nothing that we haven't seen before, yeah, except it just happened to be Victorian time. <laughs> uh, British soldiers on Mars that use a spaceship to go back. It was kind of... Yeah, I, I thought th that was kind of Jules Verne-ish kind of neat type thing. But I, I like the spacesuit. I like the, the, the steampunk look. Of, I mean, I, I kind of like that stuff. I don't know if it was... if it made sense, though, but... I, I didn't mind it. I mean, like I said, it's kind of like Jeff? Yeah. What were you just doing? Uh. Because your your mic sounded like it was covered up. We couldn't hear you. Yeah, I couldn't hear you. You sound good uh, now. I, yeah, I thought that it was a lot, you know, like J Jules Vernish, where you know, yeah. and all that. It was yeah. kind of neat. And I I like that imagery. It just didn't. I don't think it fit into the storyline. But it was like they're trying to do too many things. So, but let's do like a well, Jules I, Verne thing, and then let's do the Ice Warriors. Let's put them together. But well, I thought it, you know, give them props for trying to do something different, something yeah. outside the box. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think that this this episode didn't do anything remotely as bad as the previous episode. <laughs> right. But it uh, didn't do anything to kind of like go, wow, I really like this. I, I like the look of the Ice Warriors. I've always liked the Ice Warriors. The Empress, I don't really care about. The Empress sounded like the Ragnos. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, to the point that I was going to check to see if it was the same actress. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with her. And then they have the girl, the two girls talking, oh, you know, but I, I don't think that went anywhere. It was kind of trying to give Bill something important to do, and I don't know. I watched this at midnight. I, I don't know if that's part of it or not. I just was kind of. Like, I actually I watched you watch it because yes, you know, I was I didn't wasn't able to watch the British version. I watched the BBC American version, and it was kind of hard to watch with the commercials because the way they came in with their commercials, that it kind of didn't make sense because you started watching a scene and then all of a sudden somebody had to cut to commercial. Somebody online so. posted there was a lot of commercials on BBC America. Oh, there sorry. was. There was. It seemed like there was more than normal. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons is when Orphan Black was on later, mm -hmm. right after this, yeah. there wasn't hardly any commercials during Orphan Black. So I yeah. think what they did was they put all the commercials in Doctor Who. Top heavy on, and I was yeah. just, I was just like, yeah, because I watched Orphan Black right after because I wasn't, for what actually I wasn't tired. <laughs> yeah. So I actually stayed up for both. So. Yeah, um, there was. Yeah. Way too many commercials. Yeah, I I, uh, I like the the effect 
of the people getting killed. Uh, it's kind of gruesome, but it, it's harkens back to the um, the mirror effect that they used originally, which was very very cheap and in camera, where they just basically shot the camera to a wobbly mirror and made it look like the guy was falling apart or whatever. But this was kind of a neat take on that. It was kind of the first one was ridiculous. I mean, it was just so glaringly bad special effects. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what they were trying to do. Like, are they trying to make this look cheesy, or is this just the best they could do? It almost looked like a computer game where it was like Mario Brothers. It was turning into a cube or something. Yeah, it was expect, very strange. You expect a noise like, doo-doo-doo, you know, something. But, <laughs> um, I, I get where they're coming from. You, when you mentioned Jules Verne earlier, you mentioned the whole like, you know, here they are with their Ice Warrior servant, you know, which harkens back to all those, you know, types of stories that dealt with them teaming up with a native or something and Man Friday and all that. But um, I just felt like it just wasn't hitting the target right. It was just kind of off on everything. Well, another thing that didn't make much sense and I don't think they really needed to do this in this episode, was to have Nardo trapped in the TARDIS. It goes back, and then he gets Missy out of the vault. That really... Well, why, they didn't really, need, well, they why, really didn't need to do that. Well, it was never explained why the TARDIS left. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Why did it? I mean, I can understand when you have three main characters, and what they usually do and Doctor Who and the classic series is one gets captured or knocked out for an episode so they can just concentrate on two. You know, it's because, like, uh, in Moonbase, Jamie was, like, in the hospital bed for all four episodes because they had too many characters. So that's what it felt with this one. It says, what are we going to do with Nardo? And, like, oh, yeah, we'll just have him go back and get Missy for no reason. Well, apparently this... Um was written before Nardal was added to the cast. Okay. So I guess that was probably done to add him to the cast. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but the script was written before Nardal was involved. Yeah, but you could just easily have Nardal just not in it. Like, right. at the end, just have him, re like, in the earlier episodes where he's just at the, uh, the university saying, where have you been? Blah, 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 blah. Was this, yeah. more, so. was this more about getting rid of the TARDIS for an episode, though? Because if the TARDIS was there, wouldn't they, they, this would have been an easier situation for them to get out of? Well, couldn't they just landed the TARDIS on the surface and they went into a cave to get into the caves? Yeah. No, the and TARDIS the was below ground. Well, I know what I'm saying. The point is, if, that if they didn't want to use the TARDIS, land on the surface, and then they, you see them enter a cave, and oh. they're below, and they blow ground, but the TARDIS is still on top. Yeah. Which yeah. would make sense when they were leaving, and they see God save the Queen, whatever, and they could just get in the TARDIS and leave because it's on the surface. Yeah. Which yeah. gives an excuse to go on the surface to write that, have the guy write that, yeah. you know, message. I don't know. It was a little confusing. Um, what, speaking of confusing, I don't know what Missy was on about. Does anyone know? No. Okay. 
I wasn't sure if I, I just totally missed something where she was like, are you are you okay? Is that what she said? Are you okay, doctor? Uh, and what was that about? I, I don't... I guess no one knows. <laughs> I don't know, but I thought only the doctor was able to open the vault, but apparently Nardo can open the vault. Yeah. Because yeah. he let her... And apparently he can fly the TARDIS, too, which we already knew from early on, but I didn't... Why would he tell Nardo how to open the vault? I mean, if something happened to the doctor and the master was locked in the vault forever, that's kind of a good thing, right? You would think. I do like the shot when the doctor goes into the TARDIS and you you see Missy kind of like in the glass of the TARDIS console and you barely see her. She's just peering around the corner. It was really subtle how at first you're like looking for her because you know she's there. And you're like, oh, there she is. Kind of, kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Subtle. But then it didn't make sense after that. It's almost like they're yeah. writing, writing her in for the purpose of just getting her into the series. Yeah, I don't, I didn't, I didn't understand. I mean, I get, I mean, she was there because she was helping Nardal fix the TARDIS, but why did she have to come along? And. Well, she said that, right? Did she say, it would be better if I showed you? Yes. So, I mean, that would be a trick then that the, she would knock Nardo out and leave them with the TARDIS. And, but she's either turned good, which is possible because she's been alluding to that, or as an alternative plan. I'll go with alternative plan. <laughs> and then maybe the, are you feeling okay, Doctor? Maybe there's some sort of, maybe she can, she can see that he's coming down to the end of his regeneration, which, again... I don't remember the old series doing this so much, and even the new series doesn't do it that often, where they keep reminding people, oh, the Doctor's going to die this season. You know, remember that, you know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for yeah, this. It doesn't make... It doesn't... It doesn't make I don't know, unless sense. it has something to do with the next episode. I mean, everybody knows he's leaving, so they don't have to keep reminding us that he's leaving. Yeah. So I don't think this episode did anything horrible. It just didn't do much that good. It was just kind of average. Not I don't know if average is a good word. Um, it was acceptable. I only watched it once. I have no urge to go back and watch it again. Um, so we talk about Alpha Centauri. Um, Alpha Centauri is a character that was in the Curse of Peladon. And monster mm-hmm. held on, and and it, it, it's um, an annoyingly sounding character that um, was in an episode more for comedy relief, maybe a little bit. And uh, there's this whole where all the aliens of the of the universe get together and they're on committees and stuff like that. And there's other sorts of aliens and stuff. And uh, Alpha Centauri sort of is one of those voices so that that's a neat little connection to that and it's a it's a connection to that those two episodes the peladon episodes which we can review at some point um but it was kind of a throwaway kind of like this is for the classic fans well the woman who voices alpha century 
was 92 years old when she recorded this. And I believe she died this year, didn't she? It's not the same woman, is it? Yes. Yeah, it was. For, for she, Chris she recorded, Yeah, she is recorded it, her... I believe what, she recorded it when she was something? 92. Yeah, Vaughn something. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I believe she passed away not too long ago. Oh, okay. I think they I could used, be wrong. Yeah, okay. No, but she came back and recorded her... Okay. Her lines. Okay. At, you know, she was ninety-two years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of neat. I mean, you know, and that kind of, you know, when I saw that, I I chirped up a little bit. I went, oh, you know, and I, I kind of, it left me with a better note than I was going up to. I was just kind of like, uh, and then I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. But it wasn't something like I punched the sky and went, wow, that's the best episode ever because Alpha Tori was in it. It was just. You know, it was just a little teeny little Easter egg almost. It's fine. Glad they did it, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good nod to the past, to the Pertwee era. Yeah. It makes me want to watch Curse of Peladon, because I do like Curse of Peladon a lot. Monster Peladon is horrible, but... Yeah, Curse is good, Monster is fun. Curse is a fun episode. It's silly, and, and there's a lot going on, but... Add that to our list. Well, we could do it this this summer. Once we yeah. get done with these, with these, we can do that one. Well, we have along a, with the time. Yeah, we, we have to do the Time Warrior too. Oh yeah, and Blink. I thought we were talking about doing that, and the um, the last of the Time Lords, which we won't talk about tonight. So, back to Empress <laughs> of Mars. The um. See, now, I, now I'm starting to think back at things. I got mad today. I was talking to someone about... I guess that episode makes me mad. So we want we want Mark Gatiss to be a showrunner one of these seasons? Or does this no, kind of... No. no? No, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, it's just... I, I think I thought the episode was just kind of boring. Yeah. I have to say, I did like it better than the, the monk stories. Yeah, I did too, but yeah, I thought the first monk story might have been better than this, because I, I did kind of like that, but there's problems with the monk story. This one didn't have necessarily problems, it just didn't have anything to kind of It was just a basic story, kind of borderline face under siege. I did like the ice wares crawling out of the ground, though. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure why. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. And, and I do like their tomb. I mean, it's kind of fake-looking. Effect wasn't that great. I, I thought. I mean, you you look at the tombs of ice warriors and compare them to the tomb of the Cybermen, and the tomb of the Cybermen special effect is a thousand times better than this effect. And yeah, that was, that was like what? Sixty-seven. Sixty. Yeah. And, was it sixty? Yeah, sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Yeah. And wow, what a difference. But and that, that was all models. Yeah. But I did like the. It reminded me of the Tomb of Simon a little bit. How that they're all waking up and stuff, and the lights come on, and it was kind of silly looking, but um, it was kind of interesting. Does anyone have anything else more to say about this one? No. no. 
looking forward to next week's episode from the Rona Mandra who wrote Survival. Oh, okay. I, I didn't think it looked that great, but maybe because well, I'm just I'm starting to get a negative feeling about this the rest of the season. But uh, so anyhow, um, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening.